feel really reluctant about doing this episode because I'm in the midst of healing from heartbreak. I'm intentionally recording this episode on December the 31st. This episode will be released on January the 4th. The reason why I decided to record today, even though I don't feel like it, even though I don't even feel like um, I have no desire to share this publicly. But as I was laying in my office, today is New Year's Eve, and I'm just laying in my office on the couch, heartbroken. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with a message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> we share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. Oh. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth, and it means people. It means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. If you're listening to us on streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, if they allow you to rate this podcast, make sure that you rate it five stars, leave a review, and um, so people can learn more about the Dear Future Wifey podcast by your review. Um, today's episode is just going to be a very intimate episode. It's going to be very intimate. It's been a long time since I've done an episode with just me talking and giving you an update on my life. This is an episode that will be extremely transparent. The podcast has always been my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. And so today is going to be the epitome of that. A lot of times people DM me and ask me, have you met the one? Why are you still single? Are you really truly looking for a person or are you just enjoying the variety of women and these dating streets and have become non-committal? Well, today's episode will answer that question. I decided to name today's episode Healing from Heartbreak. Healing from Heartbreak. feel really reluctant about doing this episode because I'm in the midst of healing from heartbreak. I'm intentionally recording this episode on December the 31st. This episode will be released on January the 4th. 
the reason why I decided to record today, even though I don't feel like it, even though I don't even feel like um, I have no desire to share this publicly. But as I was laying in my office, today is New Year's Eve, and I'm just laying in my office on the couch, heartbroken. I felt a push to record this. I get a lot of DMs from people who are facing heartbreak, DMs from men who desire to get their significant other, their wife back after mishandling their hearts. So they reach out to me for advice and wisdom or even prayer. And so in um, true fashion, true transparency, I'm going to invite y'all into my world, invite you into my heart a little bit deeper. Over the last two months, I've fallen deeply in love with a woman I normally date really casually. I date where I'll tell a woman at the beginning, listen, date whoever you want to date. I'll date whoever I want to date. It's nothing exclusive. And when God tells me you're the one, then I will bring that to you and you have a decision to make whether or not you want to continue going down that route or you feel like there is no alignment and you choose or opt not to entertain me on that level. And so when I met this particular individual, I just felt an alignment. I felt such a draw to this person after several conversations that um, things that she would have no idea that matches my heartbeat, things that she would say, things that she would do just the way that she is. It would match my heartbeat. It would match the things that I've asked God for. See, I never really share publicly what I'm looking for in a wife on the deep level. I keep it pretty surface. But this woman matched things that only God knew. Not only that, um, God would confirm it through so many outside sources who we are to each other. And so fairly early on, I told her, you know what? I think this is deeper than just a friendship. I think this is God telling me that you're the one. She asked me one day when the, uh, the video that I did with Whitney, the video that went viral, the infamous wig video, when it went viral, she called me up one day. She was at a wedding. And uh, she said, how does it feel to have gone viral like this? And I replied, now this was early on, early on in getting to know each other, but I started feeling a strong connection towards her. I said, it feels empty to be seen by millions if you're not seen by the one.
It feels empty to be seen by millions if you're not seen by the one. What I was saying in that moment is that if I'm feeling that this person is the one for me and I can see it and she can't see it, then it feels empty. Well, gratefully, she saw it. She saw who I was. She saw um, things in me that began to show her her value, heal her from past mishandlings of her heart. And this beautiful love affair began. The month of October, November, December. Started off pretty smooth. We were fast together. God will reveal things to us in our fast. It was beautiful. I said, I want to document this. I want to document this journey because people will never believe that this is really taking place and how God is moving in this thing. And so she encouraged me to document, to record it. She said that she was known in her family as being the one that would document their holidays and taking photos and recording little videos on her phone and editing these little videos together and putting it up on her YouTube channel. So she was a documentarian of her family. And I was like, this is beautiful. Effortless. Effortless. And then the month of December came. The month of December has been coined in my life as the death of December. I got a lot of DMs from people asking me, I know December is very hard for you. Um, people that are strong supporters of the podcast, thank y'all so much because y'all are so sensitive. Y'all listen to everything that I, that I say and y'all are so sensitive to my heart. Back in 2015, I coined December as the death of December. In the month of December, December the 2nd, my nephew who had been mentoring ended up going to jail for assault with a deadly weapon. December the 12th, I found out that this girl that I was dating at the time had lied to me about a particular friend that she had that I was trying to encourage her to rekindle their friendship, but unbeknownst to me that she had been sleeping with this dude for years. So I felt like an idiot. Um, December the 13th, my best friend, Kendrick D. Young, died. December, I don't even know the date, but my aunt died. And then December the 29th, my divorce, my marriage, died. It was finalized on December 29th. And so I just coined it the death of December. So every year after that, I began to be intentional to take those dates and do something amazing. Give those dates a redo. Bring happiness on the day that was meant for sadness. I'm very intentional about that. I mean, we have these Memorial Days and Fourth of Julys and Labor Days and Martin Luther King birthday and 
Valentine's Day, all these holidays, national holidays that we celebrate, I believe that we should have some private holidays in our own lives. Landmarks in our own lives where we say, God, I need you more on this day. Days that we've lost loved ones, but we say, we're going to go to the cemetery and honor that person or even honor them in the privacy of our own home or maybe go to that loved one's favorite restaurant and eat that loved one's favorite meal to be able to say, hey, I'm paying homage to you right now. Do-overs. Do-overs are extremely important to me. Do-overs. So December has the biggest amount of do-overs of any month in my life. So at the beginning of December, I started noticing a lot of triggers that this that my love interest was carrying. Triggers going all off all over the place. The realer this re relationship became, the more triggers would go off. And I encouraged her, which she was like, hey, let's do it. I said, I want to go through pre-premarital counseling. Pre-premarital counseling. So I said, before I ever engage, before this relationship go to the next level of an engagement, I want to bring therapy into the fiber of this relationship. So at the beginning of December, we did our first pre-premarital counseling session. Oh, a lot of stuff was revealed. A lot of stuff was confirmed. The counselors were, it's a husband and wife team, very anointed to do this work. They began to see prophetically, prophetically, what was going on in our relationships and the call over our relationship. Beautiful. Total alignment. They confirmed, believed that God had brought us together for such a time as this, and God was going to get the glory through our marriage. I love hard. When I'm committed, I am committed. That's why it takes me a long time. I can't even say a long time. I'm about to say it takes me a long time to commit, but it don't take me a long time to commit because I don't. Once I know it's that person, I I commit fairly quickly. Um, but to some people, if I'm dating them, that's because I'm unsure about what we are because that means that certain things haven't been confirmed in the spirit. I don't feel like I've heard the voice of God at that moment or whatnot, so it may be treated as casual dating, which is okay. Casual dating is okay because you're data collecting. But this particular person, from going from casual to intentionality, happened like in a couple of weeks. Because I just started hearing God speak. So the month of December brought up a lot of triggers in my life. And I said, you know what? Anytime she responded in a way that brought about a trigger from a past uh, relationship, I would be like, nope. I'll go to God and I'll say, God, is this this person's character? Is this just a trigger that I'm being um, influenced by? Or are you revealing a character trait or flaw in this person? And God would be like, no, nah, that's, that's you right there. 
that's bringing back memories of past stuff. And I'll go, okay, God. And I'll check it. And I'll dial into her. A lot of times I'll be doing that without her even knowing because I wouldn't even be affected by it. She'll always say, you just seem so easygoing. You just seem so patient with me. You just seem so. I said, yeah, I prayed for this. I prayed for this. I manifested this. I desired this. I sought the voice of God for this. So I spent Christmas with this uh, individual. Had an amazing time for Christmas. And then, um, I mean, amazing. It's a gift that God told me to give her that would bring healing into her life. And it did that. Beautiful. But mind you, the week leading into Christmas, she called me up. She said, I just don't have peace. I don't have peace. She says, nothing that you're doing is just internal peace. She says, I, I've never been loved on this level before. I've never been prioritized on this level before. I've never been cared for on this level before. You are an amazing man, but I just need time. I just need time to go do my inner work. And I was like, you don't need, you don't need to do that absent of me. We can, you know, I'm strong enough to handle whatever this is you're going through. I'll join hands with you and we'll work through it together. I want to show you that through the tough times, through the hard times that I ain't going nowhere. She said, yeah, but I think I will hurt you too badly and we may not be able to recover if I take you through these processes if I take you through my own personal healing journey, then I don't think you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to take it. I think it, uh, it's not fair to you. And I'll be like, no, trust me. I don't want to let this go. I found a place of peace. I found a place of, of knowing that I heard the voice of God and I'm, I'm here now. This is what I prayed for. This is what you prayed for. This is what we've hoped for. We're here now. That was a week before Christmas. And then um, she ended it. And I said, I still got to go make good on what I felt like God was calling me to do. And so I traveled out of town and I, we um, spent Christmas together. I brought her her gift, and it was absolutely amazing. Tears, kisses, thank you so much. You're an amazing man. You're this, 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 that. I returned home the next day. I really feel that you're not the one. I said, what? I don't, that, that, that doesn't make sense. So I feel like you're not the one. I feel like you're everything that I desire, everything I've hoped for, things that's in my journal that I had written that you line up with, things that 
you said to me that only God knew. She said something so amazing to me. She said, early on, she says, I feel like I'm being courted by you and God at the same time. She said, what do you call that in basketball where someone throws up the ball to the other player? I said, it's called an alley-oop. She says, I feel like God is giving you the alley-oop and you keep slam dunking it every time. She said, because there's things that you say about me that only God knows. She said, I feel so open and transparent. I'm sharing stuff with you that I've never shared with anybody in the entire world. Hmm. Two months later, I don't feel like you're the one. So what did I do? She said, you did nothing. I just don't, I just don't have an inner peace. I said, fear and peace can't coexist. Fear and peace can't coexist. If you are fearful because you're waiting for the ball to drop, you're waiting for, and, and, and granted, I totally understand her trauma. She has dealt with a lot of narcissistic men who come off like one thing and then a couple of months later, their true identity is revealed. She's dealt with a lot of users, manipulative men. And I said, you know what? You just so happen to meet the real thing. But she said, yeah, everybody says that. I said, just submit to the process. Submit to the process. Everything will be revealed in due time. But just, just submit to the process. And so, unfortunately, after I returned back from Christmas, she said that you're not the one. And I told her one thing that some of my core values, one of my core values is this. I can deal with the wishy-washiness. If someone says, well, I'm not sure, I'm not this, I'm not sure, I can deal with that all day. But if you ever said that I'm not the one, I have nothing to fight for. I said, I'll fight for you, but I can't persuade you. Remember, men should pursue and not persuade, and women should present and not pursue. That's one of my core values. That's something that God told me the earlier part of 2022. And I said, that's going to be my core value. But to be honest with you, I still couldn't wrestle with all these confirmations that were presented and everything that I felt like I heard God say, and then it materialized to this. I was confused, hurt. Hurt. Extremely hurt. I was so confused that the night, well, Earlier this morning, I had a panic attack. I don't have panic attacks.
I have been carrying so much stuff. I've been carrying so much stuff as it relates to her trying to bob and weave from the moments of rejection. I've been carrying the the pain of my son, Armani, who is no longer living in my house because he's going through his prodigal son moment. And it just all hit me. She called me. Well, she had been texting me, and I was texting back incoherent text messages. And she was like, what is going on? I said, I'm having a panic attack. And I called her. And she calmed me down. I just said, pray. I couldn't. I, I, said that um, she said that um, after she talked me talked me down or whatever from a panic attack um, I mean it, it, it lasted for about it had to be about 20 minutes it was it was terrible gosh it was terrible She was talking to me on video call. And I was so tired after it had passed that I just drifted off to sleep. Hmm. And then when I woke up the next morning, when I woke up <laughs> this morning, Felt like it was a weight pushing my head down into the pillow. Never felt that before in my life. I felt like somebody was physically standing over me, pushing my head into the pillow. I couldn't even lift my head, so I stayed in the bed. I'd normally get up 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. I just laid there. I didn't leave my, I didn't get up out the bed to about 1 o'clock today. One of the things that she sent me the other day to help me understand that is not me. And she said, I want you to, I want you to really get this because I don't want you feeling like I'm rejecting you. I'm it's 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 me. And to me, I felt like my love is so powerful that I can love you through your own pain. I can love you through your own confusion. I can love you through your own fears. She was very intentional about me not internalizing her sudden shifts in behavior and wanting to retreat from this love journey that she sent me this post that she came across on Facebook to really add context and understanding behind what she was feeling. 
The post says, sometimes people walk away from love because it is so beautiful that it terrifies them. Sometimes they leave because the connection shines a bright light on their dark places and they are not ready to work them through. Sometimes they run away because they are not developmentally prepared to merge with another. They have more individualization work to do first. Sometimes they take off because love is not a priority in their lives. They have another path and purpose to walk first. Sometimes they end it because they prefer a relationship that is more practical than conscious, one that does not threaten the ways that they organize reality. Because so many of us carry shame, we have a tendency to personalize love's leavings, triggered by the rejection and feelings of abandonment. But this is not always true. Sometimes it has nothing to do with us. Sometimes the one who leaves is just not ready to hold it safe. Sometimes they know something we don't. They know their limits at that moment in time. Real love is no easy path. Readiness is everything. May we grieve loss without personalizing it. May we learn to love ourselves in the absence of the lover. Written by Jeff Brown. My heart grieves. My soul screams. My mind is dancing a thousand thoughts. Hope feels absent. But I promise to show up. I promise to invite you into my world, into my journey. This episode is... This season is affectionately titled Miracles and Manifestations, and I thought I had grabbed a miracle and fell in love. And by the end of 2023, I'd be married. And God still can do it. As she stated, if it's her, then God will bring us together. If it's not, then God would introduce us to other people. But just the thought of that hurts. Just the thought of that is scary. Just the thought of putting yourself back out there again. Just the thought of me putting myself back out there again. But no guarantee that I will reap that which I sow. That's the unfortunate. The mere thought of putting myself out there again to invest in love with no guarantee, to know that I can make a love deposit without the possibility of a dividend frightens me. Heartbreak is real. I thought I cried in this episode, but I think I'm all out of tears. I was scared to record this episode because before we started, I almost started crying again. 
women, men hurt. Men have feelings. I know sometimes you feel like we're too tough to show emotions. A person that you may be loving, you feel like he's stonewalled you. He's just protecting his heart behind lock and key. Because some men never recover from heartbreak. One thing that I love so much about her is that she would always affirm me. Always affirm me. She would say things about me that she loved that I never heard from a soul. Even while she was ending it with me to go do her individual work, she told me how amazing I am. Told me how beautiful my heart was. Told me how intentional I had been. Told me how she experienced a capacity and a depth of love that she's never experienced before. That she was afforded the opportunity and the safety to open her heart up in ways that she's never opened her heart up before. To show vulnerability in a way she's never been vulnerable before. healing from heartbreak. And I told God that um, I can't be healing for a long time. This can't be a process that two years down the line, and that's what makes people so afraid to open their heart up to people because you don't know how long the recovery phase is. My God, you could open your heart up to somebody that over a month or two that takes you two to three years to heal from. Especially if you're like me. I mean, I love hard. I I withhold nothing. I'm like, if you the one, we I'm all in. <sighs> and so um I just want to encourage you out there, especially brothers. Heal from the heartbreak. Don't go self-medicate on another woman. The old saying that says to get over one, get under another. Don't do that. Don't introduce trauma into the next person's life. Be a good steward over your healing. That's my goal. That is my plan. That is my desire to heal properly. My counselor, I talked to him before. I recorded this video, giving him an update. That's the people, the one of the the male from the couples pre premarital counseling we were going through. He said, "I just felt led to call you." I was like, "Huh." I gave him the update. He said, "Keep your heart and hands clean. Keep your heart and hands clean." I said, I will. He said, don't go surrender your abstinence journey because of heartbreak. Keep your heart and hands 
clean. I said, I will. So I want to record this episode in the month of December as a clarion call to the devil to let you know, Satan, I will not submit to depression. I will not submit to a woe is me. I will not submit to a spirit of animosity. I will not submit to an elf boy mentality. I will not submit to the ideology that God has failed me and there is nobody out there for me. I will not submit to the mentality that I give up hope on finding my purpose partner. She's out there. I will not walk in shame. <sighs> Those of you that's dealing with heartbreak, male or female, Submit to the process of healing. I know your mind is going crazy. My mind is going crazy as I even record this. I'm confused as I'll get out. I'm not going to play games with y'all. I'm confused as I'll get out. That's what we say in the South. It's all get out. It don't make sense to me. It just don't make sense. It don't. But then it makes sense. It makes sense because she was so eloquent enough to let me know that, and that's why I said it takes bravery for her to operate the way she did. She said, I would be selfish to continue holding on to you, knowing that I could damage you. And I told her, I said, letting go of me is damaging me. She said, no, I'm letting go of you because I love you. And the more I talk to you, the more I fall in love with you because I don't want to let you go. But you're too good of a man not to let go. So can't you see that that's real love? I said, nope. Nope. So, um, so I will heal, I will deal, and God will be revealed. I like that. I will heal, I will deal, and God will be revealed. God has created such a unique platform with Dear Future Wifey. It's a platform that's so unique because if I steward this thing correctly, I will give people not a fairy tale perspective on what love is or the journey to love, but you're going to get the raw, the real, the transparent, relevant conversations 
as we all try to navigate this thing called love, as we all try to do life and manifest the love of our lives, for those who desire love, those that desire marriage, those that desire companionship. I don't want anything fake. I don't want to sit around and pretend. I don't want to give you the, the picturesque portrayal of love. I want to give you the nitty gritty. I want to give you those moments where people have lost hope. I get so many DMs where people say, I just, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not. There's people that have lost hope and never even experienced true love before. And they're in their 40s and 50s and 60s and never, ever experienced love before. I said, you know what? I'd be dang if I ever become that person. No matter how many times I have to get hurt, I'm going to continue to put myself out there. And I'm going to show up, not giving somebody some lackluster version of love, but when God guides me and I feel led to give that person all of me every single time. Y'all, I'm tired. My head hurt. You know, when you be crying so much, your head be hurting, the world be spinning, that mess don't feel good. It feels terrible. It even hurts to open your eyes up. It's light. It hurt my eyes. But yeah, I'm healing from heartbreak. I'm healing from heartbreak. But I will heal. but I will heal. Heavenly Father, you know how much I'm confused about what I've heard you say versus the reality of it. This process is ugly. It's painful. I feel like I don't deserve this process. I feel like I was so intentional on what I desired and consulting you every step of the way to then end up right here. I celebrated the nuptials of my daughter on December the 30th only to have a panic attack later that night due to heartbreak. An ugly juxtaposition of love gain and love loss. Said you're a miracle worker. You said you're a maywaker. God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need you to show up and show out in ways that you haven't showed up and showed out in my life. I need clarity of thought, a clarity of heart, 
keep me spiritually aligned with you, God. You said in all my ways to acknowledge you so you can direct my path. Well, God, I felt that I did. And my path led to pain. My path led to heartbreak. So God, I need answers. I need vision and direction. Teach me how to navigate these uncharted waters. Because I'm lost at sea. I'm lost at sea. Here's my heart. Here's my soul. Something only you can hold. Here's the peace you were always missing. Savior, here's my heart. It's one of my favorite songs. God, I need you. I need you like I've never needed you before. I need a miracle. I need a rainbow word from you. trusting me with the process. Thank you for trusting me with the process. I thank you for giving me steadfast, unmovable faith. Even when I'm weary, I can never let go of your unchanging hand.
Oh, God. I almost made it, y'all. I thought I wasn't going to cry. I almost made it. I was doing good. Because I always say I was keeping my gangster. Doing good, y'all. I want y'all have an amazing new year. I want you to accomplish everything that you set your mind out for. I want you to embrace true love when you find it. Don't mismanage it. Don't take it for granted. Be honest. Be transparent. Let people know about your triggers or things that cause you to run. Stand still. Stand firm. Don't run. Stand. Stand in it. Because in the standing, you could operate or encourage a breakthrough to take place. In the standing. In the standing. I love the Donnie McClurkin song, Stand. Didn't say run, didn't say move, didn't say, said just stand, just stand. What do you do when you've done all you can and seems like it's never enough? Tell me what do you say when your friends turn away and you're all alone? Tell me how do you handle the guilt of your past? Tell me, how do you deal with the shame? And how can you smile when your heart has been broken and filled with pain, filled with pain? Probably rewrote that whole song while I just sung it. I don't know if I sung in the right, the right verses or whatever. But y'all get the point, staying. Um... Yeah. I don't know what this letter going to sound like. But at first I said I wouldn't even write a letter. I don't even feel like writing a letter. But I got to write a letter. So, um, yeah, make sure y'all come out to Jamaica. We're going to have fun in Jamaica. Make sure that you... Um, Go and register right now. This is a $100 deposit. Go register. Spaces are filling up. And we're going to have an amazing time. An amazing time. So, um, share this episode with somebody. I'm quite sure somebody needs to hear this. Share it with a brother. Let some men see it. I bared my soul. Yeah, share it. <laughs> to the woman that that is the heartbeat of this episode, you know how much I love you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy, 
The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm Lataris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today.
Yeah, this letter was extremely difficult to write. It's difficult because I usually have a vision of my future wife in mind while I'm writing it. And this one is kind of split because I see the woman who holds my heart. I see her as the recipient of this letter. But then I wonder I wonder if I should adopt her ideology, which is keeping my options open. And I don't like operating like that. I don't like operating in a double-mindedness where I say it can be her or it can be someone else. You know, this is the first time I actually was really steadfast and unmovable, knowing that I felt like God said this is the one. But I tried to write the letter with um, with transparency, just to show up with who I am and how I feel in this moment. So uh, here it is, the first letter of 2023 on January the 2nd, in which I, is the date that I wrote this. All right. Dear future wifey, I'm heartbroken. I'm either heartbroken by you or the one before you. Nonetheless, my heart has shattered into a thousand pieces. My mind has been fragmented into unanswered questions. My faith has been split into two with one foot on countless confirmations my recent love interest was or is the one and the other foot on her free will to let it go and for me to accept it. Who are you? The past or a love yet to explore? Who are you? The one who left my heart on life support or the one who will resuscitate it? This insatiable desire can't be quenched in physical companionship. It can only be achieved through spiritual alignment and fulfilled purpose. As uncomfortable as it may be to read this, it's transparency in real time. It's the transparency of my heart in its current broken and confused state. It's the journey, the journey of healing, the journey of vulnerability, a written snapshot of time as I discover, uncover, and recover love. My heart will heal for you, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.